You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Not just a youth rebellion, it's jihad. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol Lieberman, your terrorist therapist. Well, there you think it, it can't get worse, and yet every day it seems to be. Um, 2024 might well be the year that America wakes up to just how big a threat terrorism is. People are going around being complacent, uh, you know, thinking that oh, what happened, what's what happened in Israel on October seventh, you know, is is just a reflection of what's happening in the Middle East. Um, it's not going to come to America, you know. It's it's um, it's terrorism is in the Middle East and and other countries perhaps, but we don't have to worry about it in America. Yeah, right. Um. In fact, you know, it is, it, it is, um, we're, we're waking up to just how dangerous, just how much of a threat there is. And it's not just threats. I mean, if you've been listening to these podcasts, I've been doing them for years, I have been um, warning you about the threat of terrorism, um, telling you about what's happening in Europe. Europe already is overwhelmed by uh, migrants that come from radical Islamist countries. So there are terrorist attacks every day. We just don't hear about it in America because of the mainstream media doesn't cover them. But, um, and it's happening in Africa. I'm going to be telling you about that. Um, but, you know, it's it's not just people, the idea of these radical Islamists coming from radical Islamist countries and invading America Yes, we certainly do have a threat of that, but um, we are now having an an additional threat, and that is from um, our within our own country from the youth who are turning into terrorists, basically, um, because of what they have been taught. Now, last in my last podcast, uh, the last um, edition of the Terrorist Therapist Show. I talked about how um, there were there were um, people on TikTok who had become groupies of Osama bin Laden, and there were even some who were converting to Islam. And please, if you haven't listened to that, please go back and hear that. Uh, the title of it was Osama bin Laden is Alive and Well in America. Well, today I'm continuing with that theme, but explaining to you how it has gotten worse. This is not just a TikTok fad. This is a real problem. Now, after those, um, the TikTok, you know, um, um, viral uh, posts of Osama bin Laden, his letter to America that he wrote in 2002, and then also videos of women talking about converting to Islam and all that, after that uh, happened, and people thought, well, perhaps this is just a fad, um, the Daily Mail did a study, a poll, and their results are really frightening. This is not just a fad. So what the study showed is that 20% of young Americans have a positive view of Osama bin Laden, and 30% of Gen Z think his views are a, quote, force for good, unquote. Now, who's turning our kids into terrorists? 
there are three main sources of this. First of all, Obama, the terrorist sympathizer in chief, that is what I call him. And we cannot forget that he spent some of his childhood in madrasas. These are the same madrasas, schools for kids <laughs> that teach um, kids to become terrorists, teach, teach kids that uh, not only to destroy Israel and Jews, but to teach them the overarching goal of terrorists, which is global jihad. It's not just about Israel. It's not just about Jews. It's about taking over the world with jihad um, by force, in other words, and um, enacting Sharia law over everybody. So, so Obama, the terrorist and the terrorist sympathizer in chief, is one reason why um, young Americans are praising and praying to, but including praying to Obama. Oh well, yes, Obama, Osama bin Laden. I do this this um, Freudian slip all the time, compare com changing Obama for Osama, and basically it's the same thing. Um, another force uh, that is has made the young, younger generations um, believe in terrorism is China via TikTok that we talked about, as I said, in my prior um, terrorist therapist podcast. Uh, and also the third uh, element is the radical left schools. Now we're going to be talking about all of this um, and you will see that this is not just, you know, I mean, adolescents and even, even people in their twenties and even to some degree, their thirties, but by thirties, they're usually settling down in the past anyway, apparently not now. Um, but you know, certainly teenagers, that's what you do in adolescence. You rebel against your parents and the world and all of that. And, um, and the twenties, you know, you can kind of excuse it for the 20s to some degree, but this is way beyond that. It's not just, you know, I want to rebel against my parents. <laughs> um, this is uh, this is really taking to heart what um, Osama bin Laden stands for and what terrorism is all about. And so, in other words, we are being um, we are on the path to being terrorized from within. And in fact, we already are. Because what do you think the protesters are who are pro-Hamas and um, pro-Palestinian? They, they are essentially, I mean, you know, and then we have, of course, the presidents of schools who are saying that, uh, acknowledging or, or accepting all of this, saying that it depends on the context. Um, so this is really, uh, this really represents a very dangerous situation within America because it isn't just, you know, they are, these, these younger generations are adding to the original threat, as I mentioned, the terrorists who came from radical Islamist countries who are here now in droves. We know that they have come through the borders. Um, because there's no, you know, people are just flocking to America. Um, come, there's no control, basically. And so certainly they've already discovered that some people who uh, came across the borders are on the terrorist watch list. Um, there are 80,000 people who came from Afghanistan, who we brought into this country from Afghanistan, because some of them did help the troops, American troops in Afghanistan, but they did not vet them. So there are thousands, undoubtedly, who have are, are terrorist sympathizers who are all over America already. So now we're adding these younger generations who have who have become terrorists. Um, I mean, I'm being a little, you know, who who have. You know, it's hard to make the distinction. Maybe you'll think that this is, you know, overstating it by calling them terrorists, but but they they, and I don't know that I'm I'm. This is what they have been taught. They are just repeating what they have been taught, and it is within the same um, the same general outlook. It's an anti-American outlook. You know, now the twist is that we've added Osama bin Laden to it, and and um, and all of that. But um, but it really, it, they have been taught since kindergarten, pre-kindergarten, 
uh, to hate America. And so, so this is another um, aspect to it. And the thing is, it's because Osama bin Laden was the man who hated America most, who perpetrated the number one worst attack on America, America mainland at least. And so he is a hero. He has become a hero because he has rebelled in the way that these kids um, and young adults have been taught to rebel, taught to hate America. So, um, and and so I'm going to tell you some of the ways in which this has happened, and um, and some ideas for solutions. We'll get to that at the end. Um, but just the, the the statistics are really alarming, and um, as I was saying, you know, and the younger that that a person is, the the poll shows pretty much equal male and female views on this, <clears throat> and the um, people who are between eighteen and twenty nine, only forty one percent of them have a completely negative view of. Um, of Osama bin Laden. So the majority don't have a completely negative view. Of course, they weren't around, you know, on 9-11, most of them. Um, then 30, 30 to 49, 68% have a completely negative view. Then as you get older, you know, 50 to 64, 86%, 65, 93%. So 65 and over, 93% of the people have a completely negative view of Osama bin Laden. So it goes, the, the older you are, the more realistic is your view of Osama bin Laden and terrorism and what happened on 9-11. What's interesting, though, is that there, there's it's approximately the same for people who have no degree versus, versus having a degree. And then amongst white people, 84% have a completely negative view of Osama bin Laden. And um, Hispanic and Black people in the poll had um, a 50 and 51% uh, completely negative view. So half of them, um, you know, were negative towards Osama bin Laden, and half of them were either uh, completely positive, somewhat positive, a mixture, or somewhat negative. And then, of course, as you might expect Republicans have an 82% completely negative view, whereas Democrats have a 72% completely negative view of Osama bin Laden. Okay. Um, now, um, in 2011, when Osama bin Laden was uh, shot and killed, there was a poll of 22 countries. And it found that three quarters of the people in these countries believed that the United States was justified in killing Osama bin Laden. So three quarters, 75%, um, you know, compare that to what we have now uh, in terms of young, younger Americans. Um, let's see. And of course, in as I as I talked about in the prior um, podcast, you know, the in Osama bin Laden's letter to America, uh, he taught. Well, it was basically a rationalization, all the things that were bad with America, so that he could rationalize why he was did a good thing in attacking us. Um, and of course, the things that were put on TikTok were primarily things having to do with. Um, the United States being bad because they supported Israel. Um, let's see. Yes, he talked about in in Osama bin Laden's letter to America. He talked about uh, how the treatment of Palestinian people had to be revenged. So they're using that as an excuse to support Hamas. Um, and he expressed justifications for the killing of civilians in the name of jihad. I mean, yes, his letter said, quote, the American people are the ones who pay the taxes, which fund the planes that bomb us in Afghanistan. 
the tanks that strike and destroy our homes in Palestine, Palestine, the armies which occupy our lands in the Arabian Gulf, and the fleets which ensure the blockade of Iraq. So for this reason, all Americans and Jewish people were guilty of crimes committed by the Americans and Jews against Muslims. Um, oh, and the thing is, you know, what, what, why this makes it worse, it, why it's worse um, is that more and more people in America are getting their news from TikTok. So all of these outrageous things that are on TikTok, I mean, I certainly think TikTok uh, should be banned for a lot of reasons. Um, but in any case, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a force of communist China to destroy America. And the sooner we recognize that and ban us, ban it, uh, the better. So the, the number of Americans getting their news from TikTok has quadrupled from 3% in 2020 to 14% in 2023. And a third of those under 30 said they regularly got their news from TikTok. So TikTok is not a news source. I mean, yes, there are other news sources that aren't reliable either, but you don't go to TikTok for, um, for news. Okay. Um, now, you know, as some examples, well, first of all, what's been happening it's, is what is called um, the left's long march through the institutions. And this began in the 1960s and it has been successful. And what it has to do with, um, it is a copy of Mao Zedong's long march through the institutions in China. This is how uh, communist China came to be. And in other words, what it is in America, what's been happening is that leftists have taken over the government. And by I say leftists, I mean people who, who want to make this country, who want to destroy the country, who want to make this country communist um, and socialist and then communist and uh, basically in, in similar to the terrorists who want to destroy America. I mean, they share those goals, that goal of destroying America for different reasons. Of course, terrorists want to do it uh, for religious reasons because they want to destroy everyone who doesn't believe in Allah. And um, socialists and communists want to destroy America so that they can turn it into, you know, a communist country. Um, but, you know, it's, it's still destroying America. That is why, you know, they are, uh, they join forces when it comes to certain things. Now, the so the long march in America has to do with taking over the government bureaucracy, the establishment media, the entertainment industry, and above all, the educational system. And that is what has been happening. And parents need to pay attention. It is not just about the universities. It is not just about Harvard and the president of Harvard, who, thank God, uh, finally resigned. It's, it's in pre-K. And I'm going to um, tell you that about that right now. Um, there are anti-Israel and pro-terrorism teachers who are getting away with teaching these things um, in, in elementary, in school, not just in colleges or universities. It is throughout this, the, the educational system. So, for example, there is somebody named James Para. He is a para-professional. <laughs> at Brooklyn Arbor Elementary School in Williamsburg. And um, he put up Instagram posts that were anti-Semitic. Now, he has been allowed to remain at the school. However, somebody else, a man named Robert Rossiconi, who is a history teacher, uh, was removed from PS 104 in Bay Ridge because he had posts calling Hamas fighters animals. He called Hamas fighters animals. What else would you call them in the way that they invaded and attacked Israel on October 7th? Um, raping women, killing uh, people, just torturing people, throwing women's breasts around, um, torturing and destroying. And I'm not going to go into all the different ways, but um, um, vaginal areas, men and women's uh, sexual organs. I'll, I'll just say that in disgusting ways. I mean, it was it was nothing was barred. 
because because you know they were doing this for Allah and they felt empowered, you know, because they were doing this for their God and anybody else um, doesn't deserve to live. And in fact, they deserve to be tortured. That is what the terrorists think. So here, this man who, who I mean, we've seen pictures and know the pictures are not made up by Israel. Um, we've seen pictures about that. And, um, and um, I mean, there are pictures, there are videos from the very, from the, the things that Hamas uh, invaders uh, wore themselves. It came from their cameras. So it's not things that Israel's, Israel made up. Well, I will continue this when I come back. Um, when the next segment, I'll finish telling you some more about teachers, you know, examples of teachers that are teaching kids um, horrendous things. And then I'm going to get into what another example, um, a, a not just not teachers in in um, elementary and high schools and so on, but in in a college, in particular, a Muslim UCLA professor teaching outrageous things. So when we come back, you'll hear more about all of this. So stay tuned. You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about not just a youth rebellion, it's jihad. So in the past, um, in the first um, um, part of the show, the first segment, I was talking about, you know, the poll that is, you know, reveals shocking statistics about how our younger generations in America are in love with Osama bin Laden and um, are acting out, I mean, in case you had any questions about this, you can see it in the number of people, especially uh, younger people, who are protesting all over the place. And um, as I mentioned, it's a combination of um, Obama, the terrorist sympathizer in chief, who was trained, taught in madrasas, uh, China via TikTok, and radical left schools. So here are some more examples about radical left schools and what is happening. There is a political bias in the that has been uh, outed, so to speak, in the New York City public school system. Um, but un, it's certainly also in other school systems. Um, so there are local school administrators who are enabling and reinforcing these biases and prejudices, you know, you're not, you shouldn't be reinforcing it. So I'm not just talking about re, uh, biases and prejudice against prejudices against Jews. Teachers shouldn't be talking, teaching prejudices against any race or religion or ethnic group. I mean, you know, um, this is just not what you, this is not what you do if you want to raise children who are going to have a peaceful society, but they don't want to raise children who have, a, who are going to um, have a peaceful society. They're looking to destroy it. Um, then we, here are some other, here are some other examples of teachers who, um, who still have their positions, even though they have come out and said very divisive kinds of things. For example, Mohammed Jahad Ahmad, a math teacher at Gotham Tech High School in Queens, he called the Hamas attacks a, quote, successful military campaign, unquote. And then there is Suriana Aboud, who is a pre-K teacher. See, I was telling you, it starts in pre-kindergarten. Uh, at she's at PS 59 in Midtown, who touted pro-Palestinian lessons for tots on her Instagram accounts. So people saw this 
And they, you know, parents try to talk to the schools, to the teachers, to the principals, you know, all of that. Um, and they got nowhere. And in fact, um, in, in some schools, Jewish parents and critics have been barred from the board's online meetings. Now, if that, can you imagine if we did that to black people? There would be an uprising. Um, then we have the, and this is really kind of sick, the New York branch of the ACLU, which is supposed to be looking out for the rights of all people, especially minorities. They wrote a letter to school's chancellor, David Banks, and they defended students voicing pro-Palestinian beliefs. Now, obviously, that is because the ACLU has been taken over by a majority of people who believe in pro-Palestinian um, beliefs. And the problem is, you know, not all Palestinians, I'm not saying that all Palestinians are bad, but in fact, actually, there was a... a um, in fact, there was recently a poll, um, and I, th I should talk about that in some future podcast, uh, where they, you know, they tried to see how many Palestinians actually believed in Hamas, you know, because the general belief has been that Palestine, or you know, I guess the past belief before before uh, October seventh and the attack on Israel made it clearer. But the past belief has been that Palestinians um, weren't bad <laughs> um, and they just were sort of um, ignorant or 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 had been they had been taken over um, by Hamas and they didn't realize how bad Hamas was or that Hamas was terrorist. That was the general thinking. And in fact, Israel had hundreds hundreds of Palestinians who they let come into Israel and who they gave jobs to. These are people who would be starving to death if they didn't have the jobs in Israel. So they got passes to be able to cross the border into Israel, hundreds. And they had jobs and they got paid and they went back to, um, to Gaza. And it turned out in the end that in fact, um, they had been spying on Israel. I'm sure not all of them, but too many of them had been spying on Israel. And they went back and told Hamas about where certain things were and other kinds of information that helped Hamas when they attacked Israel on October 7th. So um, current polls have in fact revealed that especially after October 7th, it brought out the views, the, the sympathetic views towards Hamas that Palestinians had. And it turns out to be a huge number of Palestinians who actually do sympathize with Hamas. It wasn't that, you know, the poor Palestinians, um, they were taken over by Hamas and, oh, um, you know, they didn't realize that. Of course, Hamas, Hamas is using children and uh, is, is just totally using the Palestinian people to as shields. Um, and in lots of other ways to spy for them, for example, and all of that. But they don't care about the Palestinians. Hamas, Hamas doesn't care about the Palestinians. But um, but in fact, it turns out that uh, since since Hamas, you know, perpetrated this barbaric attack on Israel, that has gotten some Palestinians to root for them. Okay, these things just just drive me crazy. Um, okay, now talking about these protests, these protests are getting going wider and wilder um, as time goes on. And so, in fact, irony of all ironies, they um, have been protesting in Times Square and also at the World Trade Center. Can you, you know, the irony of that, the World Trade Center is what um, Osama bin Laden bombed, sent planes into. And and these protesters, pro-Hamas, pro-terrorists, are protesting at the World Trade Center. Do you see the, the irony and the craziness and the and and the uh, what this portends? So um, they at the World Trade Center they were saying 
uh, Biden, you will see, Palestine will be free, and Israel bombs, USA pays. How many kids did you kill today? Various other um, slogans. But, you know, to go to have the nerve to go to uh, to to protest at the World Trade Center is is really sick. Okay, now let me tell you about um, about um, this UCLA professor. You know, I I uh, actually have connections to UCLA. Um, I took my I got my master's in public health there after my medical degree. Uh, my MD, I went for a master's in public health at UCLA at the School of Public Health, and I had a um, a um, scholarship uh, fellowship from the National Institute of Mental Health, and I was studying how to use the media for mental health education, which is, as you can see, what I am doing in various ways. Um, but I am particularly, particularly. Uh, in terms of of helping America, you know, trying to preserve America's traditional values and save it from terrorists. All right. So, and I also I was on the clinical faculty um, in the psychiatry department of the medical school for years. So um, I then got too busy with other things, you know, like this, and stopped being on the clinical faculty. But it, it has, as I've been working, you know, um, in regard to terrorism, I have been things, I have seen more and more things come out that have shown just how inundated uh, UCLA is with pro-terrorist sorts of organizations. And it is coming out now more and more. And so, for example, there is a Muslim UCLA professor who claims that Palestinians are dehumanized and considered like animals. In other words, he's saying that that uh, Israel and America are um, are treating the Palestinians uh, like animals. <laughs> you know, that's. Uh... Now, this professor is a UCLA law professor to, to make it even worse. He's a law professor. He should know better. Uh, Dr. Khalid Abu El um, Fad Fadl, and he um, he gave a sermon just uh, a week or two ago, and it was streamed live on the YouTube channel of the institute that he founded, and he um, he claimed that the U.S. lied about beheaded babies and raped women in Israel that Hamas um, did, you know, created, caused. Um, and he, he just, he, that's, he, he um, and he's blaming that the, the U.S. also for remaining silent about the brutality of Israel in Gaza. You know, they're, they're lying. They're, he's claiming that these pictures and, and videos and so on are lies, which somebody who is a law professor at a university should know better to say than to say. So he um, he actually is a. Um, he he is a, a it's called an Omar and Asmeralda Alfi. Distinguished Professor of Law. And, you know, this is part of the problem that a lot of these radical Islamist countries are giving money to universities to fund chairs for professors. In other words, they provide the money that pays for the professors to work there. And they're bringing professors from these countries or how, who, who sympathize with these views, radical Islamist views, and um, that is why they are they are very prevalent in universities, whether it's a public university like UCLA or an Ivy League university like Harvard. Now, according to the Quran, um, there is a quote, indeed, the worst of animals in Allah's sight are the ungrateful who will not believe. Now, that is one of the examples, one of the quotes from the Quran um, you know, that talks about the unbelievers 
the infidels, the people who don't believe in, in Islam or radical Islam. And so um, it calls those unbelievers animals. So instead, this Muslim UCLA law professor is calling, basically calling, uh, calling Americans and Israelis animals. Now, he said, and, and it gets worse. He said in his sermon, quote, the Germans blamed the Jews for their own slaughter. The Germans insisted that what they did in the countries they occupied wasn't their fault. In other words, what the Germans did in the countries that the Germans occupied wasn't their fault. It was always the fault of the occupied. The, the rhetoric of the Germans is indistinguishable from the rhetoric that Israel uses about Palestinians and from the rhetoric that the United States uses about Palestinians. And indeed, the rhetoric that so much of Europe uses about Palestinians. He goes on. <laughs> uh, now, again, this is Dr. Khalid Abu El Fadl. Quote, if Muslims were an educated, now this is interesting. If Muslims were an educated people, if, I am so fed up with if, they could have easily shown how the rhetoric used by Germany lines up identically, identically with the claims and excuses used by Israel and the United States in referring to Palestinians. So he's he's putting down Muslims, you know, saying that they are uneducated. Um, and if they had been educated or, or were educated, and it's so funny that he's saying this in a sermon connected to UCLA. I mean, presumably <laughs> they are being educated. Um, he also said, quote, and so they are dehumanized. They are considered like animals, exactly like the Nazis looked at the Jews, something subhuman, something less than human. Now, the point is that um, that, I mean, that this is another example um, of, of um, why we have these protesters, these terrorist sympathizers um, who are protesting and, um, you know, pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian. I mean, if they have been taught from the first moment that they go to school, from pre-kindergarten to college, to university, to law school, <laughs> you know, all the way through, that America is bad, um, that Israel is bad, uh, you know, it's no wonder that we have what we have. But the problem is that it's not only TikTok, you know, a, a few influencers on TikTok, of course, you know, then that, then that went viral. And even though um, TikTok said that they tried to uh, take it off, you know, Obama, Obama, here I go again, Osama bin Laden's letter to America, they claimed, TikTok claimed that after there were all, there was all this outrage, they took off some of the posts or they, that they tried to get all of them, right? Um, that had, you know, that were pro- uh, Osama bin Laden, um, and and also after that, that were pro-converting and so on, believing in these um, ideas of of killing people, killing unbelievers. Uh, but there was no way that they, you know, really tried, or even if they, whatever to whatever extent they tried, the problem was it had already gone viral, and it already spread to other social media outlets. So there was no way that they could have. Um, gotten rid of all of it, even if they really did try their hardest. So that is the real problem. The real problem is that it's not just, I mean, it's bad enough that it's all these schools, cradle to grave, basically. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's bad. That's bad enough. But the really scary part is that these professors or these imams in the next segment, I'm going to be talking to you about imams and what they said in their speeches all of these things can now go online, like the teachers. I was telling you about the school teachers, you know, who from elementary schools and so on, who were putting their things online, their um, uh, beliefs online to the uh, professors, to the imams. It is all online. So even if you're not going to school, <laughs> you know, whether any elementary school through, through university or grad school, even if you're not in school or haven't been in school, you know, um, 
you still now, everybody gets exposed to it online. So that has quadrupled. It is now basically a setting that is like pre 9-11. It's on steroids. And at pre 9-11, we were, we were um, ignorant. We were all complacent um, and, and did not realize or did not expect. It was such a shock that America could be attacked on its homeland. What? And in this absolutely um, really devastating way. Uh, and now we are even more at risk because it is all over the place because people are spreading these ideas, these hateful ideas, these destructive to America ideas. And I, I you know, I talk about America, but it's also um, been, it's happening already in, in Europe. I've talked about that a lot because I look into that a lot. And every day there are always attacks in Europe. It, uh, we are, you know, we are all Israel and we are all Europe. We're all France, England, the UK, Germany, Belgium. They have been taken over. It is out of control. They admit that it's out of control. Of course, they're still allowing these migrants in, just like we are. Um, but but you should really look into that. I mean, you could look back at some of my prior podcasts. Um, I'll be doing some more, of course, in regard to what's happening in, in Europe, in Western Europe. Um, but this is a serious uh, situation here and we need to um, start doing something about it. All right. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to get move you to action. Okay. So stay tuned in the next segment. I'm going to be telling you about what some clerics, you know, they're not even uh, embarrassed or worried about saying some of these things, you know, not worried that, um, that that it's going to be uh they're going to be outed and in fact if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for some you know if a handful of people who are studying this and bringing it to light they would not be outed so stay tuned you will hear much more when we come back You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show. Today we're talking about not just a youth rebellion, it's jihad. Well, um, yes, I, as I said, I'm going to be telling you today some two examples of uh, Muslim clerics, one in Canada and one in California, um, and what they are preaching to their followers. So let's start with the one in Canada. Um, the Muslim cleric calls for calls on on Muslims to wage wage jihad and be killed in the process, so they'll get seventy two virgins. Now, as I have said a million times, not all Muslims are terrorists, and not all terrorists are Muslims. So I, I put it there for the record. Now, this Muslim cleric is called Sheikh Yunus Kathrada. And he is calling upon young Muslims. Notice that they, you know, they direct themselves to the young um, who are more impressionable. And in Canada, um, their schools are having similar problems. Um, so they, he is calling uh, on young Muslims to seek martyrdom, which means killing and being killed. And while he's doing that, the Canadian government, just like the American government, is busy clamping down on so-called Islamophobia. Now, again, looking into the Quran, um, as you know, I'm sure you've heard, um, the Quran guarantees paradise to those who, quote, kill and are killed, unquote, for Allah. And it's in 9111. The Quran promises, basically, that um, 
that that they that they will reach paradise. So it says, quote, indeed, for the righteous is achievement, enclosed gardens and vineyards and large breasted women of equal age and a full cup. Now, in the Hadith, um, Muhammad said, quote, there is no one whom Allah will admit to paradise, but Allah will marry him to 72 wives, all of whom will have desirable front passages, and he will, he will have a male member that never becomes flaccid, soft, and limp. Interesting. Um, and the women who they will meet, you know, these 72 wives, um, they have been condemned to eternal torment and sentenced to serve their time by becoming sex slaves for the Muslim men in paradise. Now, I'm not making this up, folks. <laughs> um, it is in there. So this Canadian Sheikh Yunus Kathrada um in a recent sermon that he called Jihad and Martyrdom said, um, he talked about how martyrs receive 72 virgins in paradise. Nobody has the right to mock this. We'll see who has the last laugh. Allah makes us martyrs, grants victory to the Mujahideen, curse the Jews. And also his, this is another example, this, um, sermon is live streamed so it's on the internet um in this sermon he listed the seven and now this was just recently these blessing you know what i mentioned about the professor the law professor and the um and now these these um imams this this was um just a couple of weeks ago um let's see so in his sermon, uh, Sheikh Kathadra listed the seven blessings received by a martyr when he is killed while waging jihad for the sake of Allah. And these are receiving 72 black-eyed hoary virgins in paradise. The enemies of Islam mock the Muslims. Like he, he, you know, I mean, yes, we all, I mean, certainly you've heard of people saying, using it sort of. Uh, casually and laughing about it. Oh, yes, they're going to get 72 virgins. Um, so he doesn't like that, <laughs> that it is being mocked. Um, and he's saying, he says uh, that the enemies of Islam mock the Muslims about the promise of 72 virgins and label them as terrorists. But in fact, they're jealous of the Muslims. And he said, quote, let's see who has the last laugh, unquote. He also cursed Muslims who mock the idea of receiving 72 virgins in paradise. Uh, he said, quote, I beg of Allah to make us of those who have been martyred in his cause. And he concluded his sermon by asking Allah to grant victory to the Mujahideen all over the world, to annihilate the Jews and to liberate the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem. This is a mosque that... Um, uh, they try to claim belongs to the Palestinians when really it belonged to the Jews uh, for ages before. Okay, so that's the Canadian cleric. Then in California, the California Muslim cleric weeps. And he says... Um, and he makes the point that in Islam, a martyr is not just someone who is killed for Allah, you know, who, in other words, dons a suicide vest, for example, or goes into battle for Allah, like Hamas did in Israel. Um, they killed for uh, Allah. But, um, but a martyr is also someone who kills... No, okay. I, I I put the accent. I'm sorry. Let me start that again. In Islam, a martyr is not just someone who is killed for Allah, for Allah, but someone who kills non-Muslims for Allah. So, um, so whether you are killed in the name of Allah or you kill, it's still good, and you still get to go to paradise and all of that. Um, he said, this California Muslim cleric said, "quote Indeed." Allah has brought from the believers their Allah. No, no, wait a second. 
he this, this isn't the um this isn't the Muslim cleric. This is a quote from the Quran. Um, Indeed, Allah has bought from the believers their lives and their wealth, because the garden will be theirs. They will fight in the way of Allah and will kill and be killed. And you will still get to paradise, either one. Okay, so this California imam is named Mohammed S. Ahmed. And during a Friday sermon, just, uh, just recently, he said, the children of Israel have a long history of wickedness, murder, and occupation. And then he burst into tears and he said, what have we done wrong to make Allah not choose us to be martyrs like the Palestinians? And he said this at this, this sermon at the Islamic Institute of Torrance in California. Quote, what have we done wrong to not be martyrs for the sake of Allah? What have we done for our mothers not to be like the mothers of the martyrs in Palestine? For our men not to be among those resisting in Palestine? He said that Palestinians have been chosen by Allah to be, quote, the best people living on the earth nowadays, unquote. Um, he said that the children of Israel have a long history of cowardice, wickedness, murder, and that Allah has punished them for this. And um, so this was posted on the YouTube channel of the Islamic Institute of Tolerance. So this is what I'm saying. We have terrorism on steroids. Um, he went on to say, quote, whatever is happening nowadays in Palestine is not something that is new or just recent. The children of Israel have a long history of cowardice, a long history of wickedness, uh, a long history of murder and occupation and all kinds of things that Allah has punished them for. And then um, he's crying, literally crying. I mean, I've seen the video. Um, and he is saying, quote, what have we done wrong for us not to be chosen for that perfect picture that the Palestinians have drawn today? That perfect picture of faith in Allah, that perfect picture's trace, that perfect picture of belief. They were chosen for this picture. They were chosen for this. This is not our choice. It is the choice of Allah. And he chose them to be the best people living on the face of this earth nowadays. He did not choose us. Somehow, I don't think the people in Palestine are happy that um, Allah chose them, if indeed that's what it's all about. Um, now, here's the deal. You know how... Um, how I've, I've said, I've, I've said for years, I've tried to explain and describe how um, there is, there are terror attacks going on all over the world. Uh, I mentioned Europe a lot, but it's not just in Europe. It's also in Africa and in other places. And our West American mainstream media does not show these things. And just to give you an example of how serious this is, I'm going to talk about a Christmas Muslim genocide in Nigeria. Muslims celebrated Christmas in Nigeria by massacring around 100 Christians across a dozen communities. They hacked them to death with machetes. They burned down their churches. And it is a genocidal campaign that killed 52,000 Christians I mean, this isn't just about Jews. This is why I'm bringing this up um, also, because people who think this is just a Jewish problem, it's not. Um, it is all Christians are considered unbelievers too, infidels. Anybody who doesn't choose Allah as their God is an infidel, according to radical Islamists. Okay, so... So in Africa, and this has been going on for a long time, indeed, uh, they killed 52,000 Christians in the past decade. And, um, and so the hundred, you know, what they did at Christmas, killing a hundred Christians uh, is just a drop in the bucket compared to, if you look at the 10 past 10 years, 52,000. And in America, not a single person marched or rallied or protested over this actual genocide. 
Instead, protesters in America are saying that Israel is committing genocide, which is not the accurate use of the term, and they are not doing that. They are simply trying to kill uh, Hamas, and particularly Hamas leaders, and they are, uh, as they did at the beginning, and they are continuing to try to protect the Palestinians um, by, you know, originally putting, throwing leaflets over the country, telling them to leave, telling them to go south first. They were telling the Palestinians, well, the Gazans in the north of Gaza to go south. Um, and then they, there have been, they've made passageways and so on. They are not trying to kill uh, the people in Gaza, but the problem is that Hamas has put their weapons and their leaders um, in underground tunnels and under schools and under hospitals and all of that to protect them. Uh, and then if Israel does bomb these things, then they're able to say, look, you see, Israel is bombing uh, Palestinians or Gazans. You know, they, they, they're they not just Hamas. And that, of course, isn't true. I mean, so, um, so okay. Um, so here it's not, you know, even though there are all these marches in America, about alleging genocide, alleging that Israel is committing genocide. In fact, this is a real genocide in Nigeria, and no one has said a peep. Have you heard about this, read about this? And even Black Lives Matter didn't say anything about it, and it happened in Nigeria. Uh, no politicians have said anything, social media influencers. Um, they are all focused on the Palestinians and the fact that it's alleging that it's Israel's fault. Israel didn't start this, just a reminder, Israel was minding its own business when on October 7th, um, Hamas came and, and acted like animals, yes. So there were, this year in Nigeria, just this year, there were 4,500 Christians killed in Nigeria. And unlike what happened with Israel, there was no UN Security Council sessions or UN General Assembly votes in regard to what was happening in Nigeria. Um, so this is just an example. And of course, you know, there are all kinds of details about how, how Obama is involved in this. Um, he chose, he backed certain dictators um, that became came into power in Nigeria. Um, there are a hundred, uh, let's see, earlier this year, there were a hundred churches that were destroyed by Islamist jihadists in just 60 days. Every time a terror mosque is bombed in Gaza, it's in the headlines, but a but hundred churches being destroyed, nobody heard of in America. And as part of the Arab Spring, the Obama administration set out to flip Middle Eastern countries from secular to Islamic rule. And he also began at the same time, and this is less known, he also began flipping African countries from non-Muslim to Muslim rule. You know, this is kept so quiet. And meanwhile, this is happening. It's all part of the global jihad that the terrorists have had as their mantra for a thousand years. So please wake up, everybody. And Hero, I said I was going to give my solutions. Uh, my solutions. First of all, um, we are not doomed. <laughs> we are, it is, this is a more dangerous time than ever for America, but we are not doomed, not if you do something about it. And the first thing to do, I, I divide it into two tiers. The first tier is the most urgent tier of things that we need, actions that we need to take. And that is um, who we elect. We know uh, Obama is controlling Biden because Biden has dementia. And so Obama is really the president of America. And he is really ruling the roost. No wonder, you know, you wonder, Biden goes on all these vacations more than any other president. And, and he is out to lunch even when he is in the White House. And I don't mean at a restaurant. Um, and so Obama is ruling all of this. So first we have to get rid of the elected officials who are, are terrorist sympathizers. 
and we have to out Obama even more. You know, he's he is being outed more now because the attack on Israel, you know, revealed that he wasn't going to come out um, strongly in favor of Israel. Um, but it's not just Obama and it's not just Biden. It, there are people in Congress who and, and unfortunately, from both parties, there are people in Congress who are either ignorant or they're getting paid um, by these radical Islamist countries or what. Um, but there are some of them in Congress from both parties who are voting uh, in ways that make us more dangerous to terrorists. So you need to find out about your your representative, your who you're voting for senator and and um, and congressman or women and you know both for the House of Representatives and the Senate. You need to look at who you're voting for and look at their voting record, and not just that, but even local local mayors and uh, people on the school boards, all every um, level of elected officials, and we have to make sure that they are not terrorist sympathizers. Um, of course, we have to fire the presidents of schools. Fortunately, as I said, president of Harvard and another president who had been at Congress and said that, uh, um, you know, did not condemn um, the students who were protesting and saying that Israel was committing genocide. The, these these pres presidents of, of, of Ivy League universities um, were saying that it depends upon the context. What context would it be right in? Um, so anyway, so that's two down, two who got who resigned or got fired. And well, they they resigned, you know, they gave them the um, privilege of resigning. And then, of course, we have to root out the teachers in all the schools, in the high schools, in the middle schools and in the preschools and, and elementary schools. All the teachers who are teaching kids these uh, lessons that are destructive of America and destructive of Jews and anybody else who is an ethnic minority. Um, and we need to expel students in these colleges, at least. Um, it's harder, of course, to expel students in, you know, before college, but certainly the students in colleges who are making these protests should be expelled, not just uh, suspended, but expelled. Because, uh, you know, the colleges have said, oh, we can't expel them because uh, they're on visas that, you know, student visas, so they'll have to go back to their countries. Well, yes, <laughs> that would be a great idea. Um, no one is forcing them to protest. They're in control of this. Then um, on uh, the later second tier, uh, things that take longer, we need to increase um, more. There needs to be more education about terrorism, about 9-11, about Israel, and all of this to wake uh, the kids up to what what the truth is and more education about America, you know, the positive things in America, not things that make these um, kids hate America. So those two tiers. Oh, and also, of course, going to um, the museum, the 9-11 museum that's in Manhattan. And um, and, and but it's, you don't have to even if you can't go to Manhattan. There are, there are ways to look at their uh, programs online. So everybody can participate in what the 9-11 Museum in Manhattan has to share. Uh, and of course, can't uh, have to have a little plug here for, um, for my book because it is more needed today than ever. Uh, my book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror, that is what kids should be reading not reading things about how you should uh, rape and murder Jews. And not just Jews. Again, people, it's not just about Jews. We are all Israel. It is all, it is a global jihad. So please, please, I hope at the very least that I have made you less complacent than you might have been. So thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol Lieberman, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, 
Check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.